<laughs> Morning, bitches. The higher you build your barriers, away, away, away. The taller I become. That's Labby Cipher. The farther you take something inside. Yeah, it's got to be something inside you. We're going to start the podcast. We're a little late. We'll be right back after these messages. And we are back in DFN Universe. A one hour of black power thinking. Um, Brother, that was a pleasant surprise <laughs> for this podcast. It's certainly a first. And welcome first. Yeah, bro. This is uh this is an interesting crew that I have here. Um <laughs> that I am attempting to the fact that they are so smart and logical is what is really impressing me. I am impressed. Oh well, thank if, you, bro. If I get these two niggas of mine <laughs> to send me a PowerPoint of anything. <laughs> I would fall on the floor with fucking joy. Excuse me for cursing. Damn. These two niggas I got. I think you raised them well, man. And and that's why I approached you about not giving in to them. But they see all of the traps in Christmas, Thanksgiving, and all of these celebrations that they would bring you a PowerPoint presentation. I think your job is done. Yeah, bro. So, and that was my whole goal. And that's why I wasn't like opposed to, to them and <laughs> doing what they did, right? Mm-hmm. But I wanted them to be responsible in how mm. they, they, they brought their argument, right? Because, wow. because what I say to them and what I say to their mom, and it, it's it's irritating, right? Almost to a mm-hmm. degree, because mm-hmm. I hold everybody responsible, right? right? And 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 I do that not because I am trying to be an asshole, right? But I do that because of everything that I have grown up in that has taught me to be that way, right? Exactly. And and and, and, and I say that in that, right? I grew up in Orthodox Islam, where mm. Everything was about do your research, read the Quran, mm. read the Hadith, right? Mm. And then meeting you in the Nation of Islam, right? It's, it's, it's all about, you know, knowing what you're talking about. Mm. You know, where does, where does this information come from? Being mm. able to defend what you come from. Then I end up going to college, right? So I had all these prerequisites before. Then mm-hmm. I go to college, right? And then when I go to college and then they they start to say, okay, why do you know what you know? How do you know what you know? Right? Okay, right. And, and if that is true, what you're saying, then how do you prove it? Hmm. How, do, how do you substantiate it? Now, here's a, here's a weird thing, right? Or not, maybe, maybe not weird. But I become a political science major in my undergrad. Mm-hmm. One of the first classes I remember my one of my professors asking me was, um, I don't know if he's writing his eye, but he said something about um, who goes to college more, 
black men or black women. Mm. And I remember like undisputedly saying black men, no, black women. Mm -hmm. Black women, right? Mm -hmm. And he said, like he challenged me on that. He said, are you, you sure? I said, I'm positive. He <laughs> said, why, what? He said, why, why are you sure? And, and, and I used my narrow perspective about the world at that time. Not mm -hmm. understanding that I was using a narrow perspective, but I thought that I was I thought I was I thought I was saying something smart, doing something smart. And I said, well, if I look at the people that I know in my life that I went mm -hmm. to college, the people that I know that I went to school with, mm -hmm. all of them have all been black women. I don't know many black men that have gone to college at all. Right. He said, so so he said, my challenge to you is to do the research. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm gonna give you, I think he gave me a week and a half or two weeks to, mm -hmm. to do the research, right? So um, that began, so that, that was my challenge for that class, right? Mm -hmm. So as I began to do the research, I was floored by what I found <laughs> out, mm -hmm. right? Because what I found out was that statistically, white men went to college more than any other ethnic race. Mm -hmm. Then came white women. Mm -hmm. Then came black men. And black women at that time, when I was in, when I started college in 1992, black women were statistically at the bottom of that of, of of that, and I was floored by that because I was from the perspective that I was working from, and that was my limited subjective perspective from the world in which I came from. I I knew a lot of black women, mm. right, that went to college as opposed to black men. But I was working from a subjective, small perspective of right. the world. Your world. Right. And I couldn't, and, and I never, outside of that, never looked at the world like that. Mm -hmm. I was only looking at, I could only see the world from my perspective. And I was like, wow, how many people, so, so, so that in and of itself began my, a lot of my growth. Uh, well, let me not say a lot of my growth. In addition to my growth, and, and what I mean by that is being able to substantiate, you know, um, what I say, mm -hmm. because as a political scientist, what they said is what we don't do in here is have barbershop talk. And I said, mm -hmm. what does that mean? <laughs> and so my professor said to me, barbershop talk and political science talk is two different things. Mm -hmm. Because in barbershop talk, you don't have to substantiate anything. Mm -hmm. But in but in here, if you say what if you say something, we're going to hold you accountable, and you need to be able to substantiate it. Wow. Now I think that changed my life, right? It changed my life so much that 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 I lose friends or irritate friends based on the conversation, right? Because mm -hmm. I hold you accountable for what you say. <laughs> so if you say if you say something to me, I want to know why are you saying it, brother? You ruined the barbershop, man. <laughs> hey, bro. But 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 I try to be careful, right? So it, just like tonight, right? Like my barber wanted my barber's a Dallas Cowboy fan. I got my <laughs> I got my haircut tonight and my son's haircut tonight for free. You know. But but it's barbershop talk. We it's all emotions. It's all about 
how we feel about blah, 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 blah. But when you remove that bullshit about how you feel and what's real, that's something different. You know, and so it, it, as a political scientist, you know, or having a degree in political science, you know, man, I'm going to tell you, I aggravate the shit out of my wife and my kids sometimes because I think the way that I think. Because they're like, I don't look at it that deep. But dad, I don't think about it that deep. And my wife, she she want to have a conversation and she don't want me holding her accountable to what she she just feel the way she feels. <laughs> and I can't, I, and sometimes I can't get out my own way because I'm like, what? I'm like, what? You say what? I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I ain't gonna let you get away with that. And and I don't know how to get away with that because I, I I I can't have those frivolous conversations because it because to me, you know, if you want to have an intellectual conversation, then don't disrespect the audience, hmm. right? And what I mean by don't disrespect the audience is don't tell me don't something. Tell them that they're dumb. Well, well, don't tell me something and then not allow me to ask the question. Hmm. You know, don't don't tell me X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 blah. And then I say, well, why? Or where did it come from? Hmm. And then you tell me, I ain't gotta tell, I ain't gotta, I ain't gotta tell you where I got it from. Well, <laughs> that's you know, how disrespectful is that? It's unsubstantiated. Right. You can't do that. And and but because but because I operate from that, and most people don't, mm-hmm. it, it becomes difficult, right? So mm-hmm. people be like, oh, nigga, you think you smarter than me. You know, <laughs> you, and, 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 but that's my discipline, right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and at every level of my academic um, achievement has done more of that, right? Mm-hmm. So that's one level at the bachelor's degree. But then at the master's degree and a doctor's degree, it gets worse. Because you can't write a dissertation and not support everything in the dissertation. You, When you write a dissertation, everything that you're writing has to be substantiated. Nobody gives a freak about your opinion. <laughs> you, you can't do that, you know, and, 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 and expect for it to be academically appreciated or academically scholarship. You right. can't do that. You because it's not it's it's not scholarship if all you wrote about was your opinion. Hmm. Fuck your opinion. Hmm. You know if, if all you if you it has no place in the it, it has no world. merit, bro. It has <laughs> no merit. You know, and so I'm so hard sometimes because that's the ground from where I come from, hmm. right? Because that's because I know what respect in the academic world looks like. You having an opinion on me, shit, you know, and 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 I and I come from the hood and all that, so I know when people start talking about what's real, nigga, this real, this real talk, this I get that, mm-hmm. but it's real talk in that world. But right. when you want to have respectability and credibility, then that starts to go to another level, and and what happens is because I come from the hood, sometimes, sometimes in my circles. People get mad with me because I'm like, you know, you're more in your feelings than you are uh, than you are about scholarship, mm-hmm. than you are about credibility, right. than you are about reliability or validity, because none of that is existing now, you know, and it's all about, you know, you know, what you say 
and 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 not about credit and not having anything to substantiate it. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. There so. is. Uh, I just looked up the um, Board of Education um, statistics on male versus female and um, race breakdowns, and they said from two thousand to two thousand eighteen. The critical college attendees, which would be the 18 to 24 um, level, those would be the most likely to not only graduate, but um, to make a significance in the world, I guess. That percentile, 18 to 24, the um, Black woman has outdone the black man by at least 10%. Okay, so now 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 that's key, right? Mm-hmm. So you so you're saying um which makes 100% sense to me. Mm-hmm. Because when I when when I did the research in 1992. Mm-hmm. So you're saying from 1992 to now 2018 to 2020, that statistic has, has changed as from relates to black men. It changed from 2000 from 2000. Right. So that makes sense. Right. It does. Right. So, so that, that makes complete sense. But at the time when I did the research, I, I was already advanced in thinking that, oh, no, hell no, black women, you know, they exceed black men in terms of going to college. Because here's the thing. I was on a black college campus, right? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, which was added. All was females. Females. Right. Yeah. So, so, so here's the thing. You had like three male dorms. Mm-hmm. Maybe three, if four, mm-hmm. to like ten female dorms, right? On, on on my college campus, so I was making an argument, and I thought I was making a good argument, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, look, look at our look at our campus. You know, women here, you know, like triple the men, mm. right? And then and then I was saying, and then I was saying, if you look at any HBCU. There's way more women right. than men. Right. And, and and so I thought I had a legitimate argument, right? Mm-hmm. But when I did the research, I was like, how the fuck is this coming up this way? Because it probably doesn't account for all of the men that are not on campus or um, exactly. not in that exactly. 18 to 24. Exactly. Group. Exactly. So exactly. We may still outnumber the, the women up to 2020. Right. Um, it, right, and and then when you start saying men, are you saying men hmm. or black men? Hmm. Right, hmm. women or black women? All right, this the two. You know what I'm saying? For the um, black population. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but, but it, all but, of those but again, numbers can can certainly give you a false um, depiction. Yeah. And it, it it's not founded by science, so I right. agree with you on being able to research, do your own research right. and figuring out from there right. what you base in your statements on. Right. And, and and being very careful about how you sometimes are making subjective arguments. Right. Based on your limited perspective of the world. Right. Right. Because a lot of times we feel very passionate about things based on our limited view or our limited experience <laughs> about 
the way that we see the world, right? You know, and exactly. and and so, and even with even with my kids, I'm often saying to them, "Be careful how strong you come with your argument with to me, hmm. based on your 15, your 17 years of living." Hmm. You know, because you might feel very passionate about something, but you're very passionate about it from a really subjective point of view. Mm-hmm. So, you know, man, you know, as a parent, you know, it's, 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 it's challenging, man, you know, you know, raising them and, you know. Um, Definitely a challenge. Because those outside influences and what they say, you know, it's impactful in terms of what you are and doing misleading. to raise them. At the same time, impactful and misleading. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you raising them one type of way in the household, and then they come yeah. home with the nonsense from the street, and you're like, "Yeah, what are you yeah. basing that on?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 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 the only saving grace that you can have, probably as a parent, is just being consistent and being there, right? Right. So with my with my kids, one of the biggest pushbacks I have mm-hmm. with them is, well. You know, as a father, as your father, you know, you know, being consistent, I understand you have that perspective, but you got to give me, you know, some credibility in terms of how responsible I have been. Right. Exactly. And probably the part most, um, most um, not appreciated. Or even mm-hmm. um, ignored, not purposely ignored, but um, taken for taken for granted. Yeah, yeah, but but I I I try to do as best job as I can with making sure that. Well, you've done a good that, job, brother, because that is um, awesome that they would even think that um. They'd have to come correct, even to even ask you the question. And uh, well, thank you, bro. More parents need to have that um, type of discipline, or um, at least instill it in their children, even if they don't have it themselves. And um, I'll, I'll tell you a story about uh, my daughter's experience this week, and it's it's a uh, totally different world um speaking of different worlds we're at the 18 minutes and 30 second mark in the effing universe um we didn't start off this podcast as usual but i'd like to go back and remind uh people of my opening is usually finding out somebody significant died and uh this week it was David Dinkins, the mayor, former mayor of New York City, the only black mayor in um, New York City ever. I remember the brother. And we didn't have one <clears throat> after. <laughs> and based on the job he did, or based on the level of racism or bias um, that this city has towards black people in general. Yeah. The reason that we don't have um, 
the same type of um, drama in populations where there's not much black people is because they can blend in, not blend in, they actually stick out, but they don't have significant numbers to even complain. So why bother? But in places like New York, D.C., Atlanta, um, L.A., Chicago, where there's a significant um, population of black people, we tend to complain and speak out against injustices. And for that, we suffer at the 20 minute mark in DF and universe. When we come back, uh, we'll explore these topics more. We're at the third segment in DF and universe, our one hour of black power thinking. Hopefully brother, people like your children We'll hear this in the future. I don't know if we can capture the minds of some of these um, misinformed youth that's out here today. But um, this podcast speaks into the universe, into the future of Black Power Thinking. And we'll be right back. Peace. We are back in DF and Universe. One hour of Black Power thinking. Yes, sir, brother. Yep. Um, did you have anything to say on David Dinkins? You were actually in the city at the time. Yep. He became mayor. Yep. What significance did it have for you? Um, if any. <laughs> wow, bro. Um, it's interesting that you asked me that question because. Um, without going too far into politics, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> one of the disagreements that I think you and I have, um, as it relates to politics, is is um, like what did Barack Obama do for Black people, mm-hmm. right? And for me, um, when I think about what Barack Obama did or what David Dinkins did as a black first mm-hmm. to be in those positions. Uh, it makes me proud as a black father to be able to have raised a, a child during that administration mm-hmm. to, to be able to, to, to be able to single handedly break down um, overnight uh, stereotypes about black men. Mm. Um, what Barack Obama did, what David Dinkins did um, in their roles as president or um, uh, um, governors of, of um, New York said to me as a black father that here's an example that I can show you as a black man mm. that has done this. Here's what I can show you as a black um, father or husband. That, to me, that just spoke volumes, you know, as a black father trying to be um, or, or trying to create an uh, atmosphere or an example mm-hmm. of, of, of what I wanted my kids to be able to visualize. 
and be able to see someone like David Dinkins or Barack Obama in that type of leadership hmm. to break down the to break down the stereotypes of black men can't be leaders, black men can't be good fathers, black men can't be educators, hmm. black men can't be leaders. It's just all of those things that were all, that was there for black men. They completely destroyed those things. They completely destroyed those those stereotypes, and and what I saw in David Dinkins or what I saw in Barack Obama, um, just in terms of, you know, who he was as a black man, as a black father, you know, as a, as a black man in America, just as a black person in leadership, and being able to say as a black father, you know, to my son, hey, not only am I saying this to you, but here's an example of that. Hmm. That that in and of itself is powerful. I don't even if I don't argue politics with you, mm. not you per se, but with people, but just as a black parent, to be able to do that with my black children, you know, and show them an example of, you know, what black leadership in politics looks like mm. to my kids was powerful to me. Right. You know, it's not and, to and, be discounted. Right, and 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 so for me, it it meant everything, mm-hmm. you know. And so when people say, "Well, what did he do for black people?" You know, I could get into that argument, but if, if he did nothing but present an image of exactly. something different, exactly, exactly, was more more powerful than anything that we could do on the streets and protest. Exactly, 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 and, and for me. During the time Barack Obama became president, my son, I think, was um, my son may have been like eight, seven. Mm. So if you go from eight to seven, so you you go from eight years, right? Mm-hmm. So my son went from like eight to like sixteen. No, from like eight, eight, nine, ten, twelve. I mean, he went to like his teenage years. Mm-hmm. Watching this black man in this office. Wow, that was powerful Hell yeah. to me. You know, watching that and watching him see that, and watching his vision of who he could be. Mm-hmm. You know, and not only watching his dad, because it's it's easy or difficult to be like, you know, oh man, that's my dad. I don't want to be like him. Or I do want to be like him. You know, it's it's easy to trivialize experiences of your, you know, your personal experience of your dad or your mom. <laughs> but to be able to see that outside of that, right, was powerful to me. Yeah. So, uh, as we see, David Dinkins, man, and what he did for the state of uh, city of New York was powerful. So, um, rest in peace. Uh, Brother David Dinkins, um, indeed, definitely an asset, yes, sir. Well, uh, speaking of children, (laughs) let me tell you about my 24 year old daughter, uh, Jada. Uh, She calls me the other day, or texts me the other day. Now they're texting, I can't find my birth certificate. I can't find my computer. I'm like, wait a minute, you just bought this laptop. It's a thousand dollars. That's not no small change. You don't know where it is. 
You don't know what your birth certificate is? And you mad? And you mad at the world for what? Calm down. You'll find it. More importantly, how's your lungs? Because she's catching a cold. And I'm like, you don't want no cold, even if you're young, with this damn pandemic going around. Because you don't want to have to be forced to go to the hospital. So she says to me, here's her response. <laughs> Which shows I am not must not be a good damn father. She says, um, fuck my lungs. I gotta fuck my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> now, we know that wouldn't happen in your household. <laughs> not even at 30, right? <laughs> well, the F word would definitely not be tolerated by that. <laughs> So, the funny thing is that we come on to the podcast tonight with your children, and I thought it was a pleasant surprise, because I was looking at the psychology of this uh, Sigmund Freud theory on uh, the psyche. What does that psyche consist of? It consists of the real person, the um, id, and the superego. I'm saying, brother, um, Dr. Moore was telling me about this. Let me look into this and see if I can apply it to my child. Right, so there's so, but there's there's three components, right? Right. So so there's the id, the ego, and then the super ego. Right. Okay. And they broke down the diagram as the, um, what is it? The um, I just forgot that damn quick. What was what was the uh, first one? Okay, so there's the id, the is the ego, the real person, right? No, the the ego is a real person. So the, okay. the, the so so the, there's the id, the id, the id is kind of like the child immaturity uh, right part the part of you, part of the person, right? And and then there's the ego, who's the rational person, the moral person. Then there's a super ego. Right, that's the the more uh, sticks into the more morality and ethics of a th- of a thing. Well, yeah, so it gets so so the super ego tries to stop it, the um, the ego <laughs> from self destructing. Well, it, well, it, right? well it, it tries to stop the 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 um, the id. Right. So so the ego is in the middle. Right. Which is the moral. Right. Because it's it's trying to balance both of both of those things. Now, can you apply that to the situation she told me? Because I think she's still in the mindset, without being logical about it, in the mindset of her instincts. Her instincts tell her, "Fuck my lungs. I need that birth certificate. I need to do this and that." That's instinctual, right? Because she didn't take the time to say, well, why would I present, even if I'm not talking directly to my father, why would I even articulate that in a text? I, well, I don't, I don't know if I would say it's instinctual, right? So instinctual, instinct is something that you do kind of without thinking. Right. Right. And you don't think somebody telling you 
um, fuck this, fuck that, because it, it seems to be. Oh, I, I I'll put it to you this way, so we, we can remove the the children out of this and have a grown conversation okay. about the adult uh, psyche, particularly okay. in the black community. That'll bring it home for us. And I and and I don't know that we can. Because mm-hmm. because um, there's someone that comes along after fraud, right? Mm-hmm. So Adler comes along after fraud, and then there's um, Young that comes along after fraud. But there's someone that builds on what fraud does. Mm-hmm. That person is Eric Benet, mm-hmm. and Eric Benet has something that he calls the um, he kind of like. Um, advances or redevelops for not the singer, for, right? <laughs> who's that? Not the singer, Eric Benet. <laughs> no. Eric Byrne, right? Not Benet. Eric Byrne. <laughs> you know you said Benet, right? <laughs> uh, my bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's late, bro. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Eric, Eric Byrne. So, uh, so he, uh, Byrne comes along and he kind of attempts to simplify what um, Freud does in his ego stages. Mm-hmm. Um, but but in Freud's ego stages, you got to remember he has five developmental stages. He has the he has the um, what is it? How do I use? How do I remember that? Old age people like grapes. Okay, so you had the oral, anal, phallic, latent stage, and then you had the genitalia stage. Mm-hmm. And there's different stages. There's different things that happen in the, in all those different stages. But um, Byrne came along and tried to simplify those stages. Um, he had something called the pack. How do you remember the pack? Okay, so in the pack, he had um, he had the adult was in the middle. So he had the child, the adult. And then the parent, mm-hmm. and what he was arguing um, was sometimes what what happens in conversations with adults is so let's say you operating from the adult stage, and you are having a conversation with an adult, but the adult is operating in a in the child stage. Mm-hmm. So you, as the adult, having a conversation with another adult. But the adult is responding in the child stage. So um, hypothetically, based on what I'm, what you just said to me, you're having a conversation with a child that is actually an adult, but is actually functioning in the child stage. Hmm. Right? Right. So, it, it, so I, not to lose you or the audience, but I'm just saying that that psychologically, you know, there are arguments about how we function. You know, mm-hmm. as as people, Freud has done this. Eric Erickson has done this. I mean, there's plenty of people that have studied, you know, human development um, psychologically. Mm-hmm. And, and depending on who you're having the conversation with and how well they are or are not developed psychologically. Right. So, continue your piece about what happened, what happened with your daughter. Well, the super ego does not kick in with her. I'll put it to you that way. I'm pretty sure you can understand that from an abstract point of view without 
pinpointing it to one particular person. Mm-hmm. Her ability to say, to keep the um, the id in control, because the id is that part of you that wants to do, wants. It, it wants, like like that first instinct of wanting to be fed, to wanting to be picked up as a child automatically stays with you but you have to learn to nurture it with this um, super ego that part she hasn't got yet <laughs> at 24 and and even one she was saying to me that um, you know I act on impulse I said that's very interesting because she called me the, the day Today, excuse me, I'm having a damn coughing spell because I didn't want to get sick for the same reason I was telling her not to get sick. But um, she's very instinctual. She she's gonna do things without thinking about if that's what she wants, and then she'll come back to me and say. I lost this. I lost that. I'm like, I've been trying to tell you, you need to be more prepared and you need to take things more serious. Or these things wouldn't happen. You just go and do things. You don't think about what you're doing or the consequences of it. It's like that chess piece. You, you're moving chess pieces and you're taking your hand off the piece. You're touching the piece. And you know you have to move it once you touch it. I done told you that's the biggest rule. Don't touch the piece unless you're ready to commit to it. Don't make a decision that you're not ready to commit to. Yeah, but that's not instinctual. That's that's impulsive. It's not instinctual. It's impulsive. That's what she said. She's impulsive. Yeah, she's impulsive because instinctual, right? It's like it's like boxing. Boxing is the most to me. Um, it comes naturally, right? It's it's this is subjective for me, but what I know right. about boxing and fighting is there's some things I know instinctually, right? Like when I throw my hands, I I throw my hands instinctually, right? You know, and I move a certain way. That's instinct, right? Right? Is is this nobody a, has a, teach it? Yeah, well, well, or or I've learned it, right? Over uh, over time of doing it over and over and over, that is a natural instinct, right? So when I see you throw, if I look at you in your eyes, or if I see you move a certain way, mm-hmm. there's a natural instinct for me, mm-hmm. you know, to to move or think or right. feel a certain way. Is that's instinctual, right? Right. It's not impulsive, right? Because impulsive impulsive is is almost the opposite of instinctual. Arbitrary and random, right? Because uh, impulsive is, you know, you ain't. You, there's nothing natural about it. You just, mm-hmm. <laughs> you just randomly doing something, right? But you know, if if I'm if I'm operating off what I know naturally to do, mm-hmm. that's different, right? That's that's not impulsive. That's instinctual. Yeah. So that's what she's doing. These impulsive behaviors. But she doesn't see that they have consequences till it's too late. Mm. Mm. Okay. 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 And um, 
So where where are you where are you You're supposed to ask me as the psychologist? How does that make you feel, brother? Well, I don't know if I want to ask you that question, but I I, I kind of want to ask like, yeah, you like the head It makes me want to quit parenthood and all this other shit. Just leave, oh, <laughs> leave America, go travel in the world, and focus on something else. It's just frustrating. That is frustrating. I understand that. I understand that. So. Um, analysis, <laughs> any analysis yeah, so, for my, my feeling? <laughs> yeah, well, I, well, what I don't want to do is, is trivialize or make it seem like that's a th- there's a simple answer to what you have just you know said. There's no simple answer to that because <laughs> you know, um, this is what I pay you the big bucks for, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but okay, so so it's like not having an answer for why Dallas is such a fuck up. <laughs> I pay you the big bucks to find out why they fucking up. <laughs> yeah, well, I can give you a simple answer to that one. You ain't got to pay me for that. <laughs> um, but I. I think um, part of the answer that I want to give you is um, how much of how much is she willing to buy in? And what I mean by buy in is buy into um, not being the victim um, where she she is in life and the changes that, that she can make. Because if, if, if you are going to see yourself as a victim, then there's no Hmm. The, there's no resolution because you're the victim and you, can, you can't you can be fixed because you're victimized. You're going to always be a victim. Hmm. Um, so when you see yourself as a victim, then that in and of itself is a problem because you could be a victim, but you don't have to stay a victim. But if right. you choose to stay a victim, then that's a problem because it, when you choose to stay the victim, then there's no resolution to your problem. Right. It's going to always divert right back. Right through the victimization, right. which is right. debilitating and restricting. Right, it's almost, it's almost doing. Yeah, it's it's almost like saying I'm I'm a I'm a black man in white America, and there's racism, so there's nothing I can do. Right. Well, shit. If that if you take that perspective, you're right. You're the victim in this situation. There's nothing you can do. Hey, fuck it. I you give up. You can do that subconsciously. Because right. I, I, I even looked at myself in the mirror and I'm like, damn, I have let this racism cloud my judgment, my my um my ability to outperform whatever racism is because it ain't real. Even though the the the, the advocates for it are real, the situations are real. It doesn't have to be real to me in order to conquer it or to push it aside in order for me to be great. And that's what we're lacking as black people. We can't get beyond the deleterious effects of racism in order to be super achievers. Well, here's, here's, here's two ways I look at it. Mm-hmm. Right? The two ways I look at it is one, 
is this, the story of the hunter and the prey mm. is always told by the by the hunter. Mm. Right? Because what to me, if you the hunter always get to, gets to tell the story because he kills a prey. Mm. And so if you are not going to be the prey, then you can tell your story. But until then, the story is always told by the hunter. Mm. The, the, the it's second part of that part, thing that you okay. I'm sorry. It's a part of that thing about rewriting the script that you, we were talking yeah. about last week. Right. But I don't right. want you to get your part about the second part. Okay, so the second part is the story um is only ever told by the person that succeeds. Mm-hmm. No nobody hears the story of the, of the failure. Mm-hmm. No nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Right? The only stories in life that matters are the stories that's that of the person that succeeds. Mm-hmm. If you're not on the side of the story that succeeds, nobody cares about your story. It never gets told. Amen. We are at the 24-minute mark in DF and Universe. Um, what shall we do? It's 5 o'clock. It's up to you, bro. I'm, I'm open. I got, you know, I got a few. Um, We'll come back my, my, for, for another twenty my, minutes if that's okay. I'm good. You know, my 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 kids lit the stage um, tonight. Uh, didn't anticipate it, but you know, I have raised them to be firecrackers, and they are firecrackers, bro. Amen. They, bro, let me tell you something. They they hold me to some standards, bro. They, they put their feet they, to the fire. Hey, bro. They like okay, dad. You say X Y Z. Yeah, they. Bro, they come at me, bro. So I, I, you know, I look at them and I'm, I welcome the fire. I'm like, shit, mm-hmm. okay. But, but look, they make me better. They make me a better father. They make me a better person right. because, you know, I'm like, okay, I, I gotta be a, a better person. I gotta be a better dad. I gotta be a better X, Y, and Z. Because they, ain't, they ain't not letting me get away with. Oh, you said this. <laughs> oh, you said that. Oh well, okay. Well, what about this? Mm-hmm. I, I'm like. Okay, I, I gotta stay ready. I gotta stay, I gotta stay on top. point. And for yeah, me, it's just the opposite with my experience. But uh, we'll talk about those opposites and uh, what's real when we come back okay. for the last 20 minutes. Indeed. We'll be right back in the FM Universe. And we are back in DF and Universe. We're going in a 20-minute bonus round. And we are talking about somehow we um gonna end this off with um uh, the opposing parenthood scenarios. How did you get here, brother? Bro, let me say this. Um, you know, I come from um, the poorest of the poor. Hmm. I grew up on food stamps and welfare. Um, 
I never met my father. Um, my mom was a, a alcoholic, um, maybe even considered an abusive parent. Um, I could tell you stories where she tried to stab me with a knife. I could tell wow. you, I could tell you, um, you know, numerous of stories. I mean, my mom put me out. If it wasn't for my grandmother, I don't know where I would have have gone. Mm. Um, very, very challenging um, childhood. Right now, you wouldn't you wouldn't know me. You wouldn't believe that if I didn't just tell you that story. Right. Right. If you <laughs> saw me coming and I've up, I've known you for a while, and I didn't know those parts. Yeah, and and most people don't. So for me to self disclose that is. Um, coming from where I come from would be taboo. You don't talk about that. Right. You know, um, but, you know, that, that's where I come from. Um, you know, as an adult, even being a, um, uh, you know, having a, uh, coming from where I come from, being where I am right now, me and my mom still, my mom and I may talk once or twice a year. Wow. So how healthy is that? My, my mom has not ever um, called my kids on their birthday. I don't even know she knows their birthday. Wow. Um, so I have a, you know, I'm a person that, that has kind of grown up. You got to think about it. When you met me in my life, I was probably 18, mm-hmm. you know, but I was I was solo. Yep. There was there was no parental guidance when when you met me. There was no mom and dad. Right. There was no none of that, you know. And and prior to that, I was still in the streets of DC alone, you know, yeah. you know, growing up. So I've spent you know a lot of my life. Uh, my childhood was very problematic, mm. you know, and um. Trying to um, raise my children differently than I was raised was a challenge, mm-hmm. and and not only was it a challenge, but you know, um, I often bring them to the table. Right, mm-hmm. I, I bring I bring them to the table <laughs> because you know, um, my kids see me as as an extremist, right? <laughs> they like, oh, dad yeah, is tough. Ayatollah. Like dad is tough, dad is dad. This is and I'm true. Yeah, so I'm always like, hey, okay, family discussion, (laughs) family night. This is (laughs) this is some shit I ain't never went through. I ain't never had nothing, nothing but this is what I do with my kids. So you can appreciate it. So yeah, but so what happens is 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 that opportunity to free associate. Right to free mm-hmm. freedom of speech and no judgment, mm-hmm. you know, has been there, mm-hmm. and it's weird watching it because I'm like, wow, you know, like, man, I could not ever <laughs> talk to my parents openly right. and free freely, you know, the way, but but I <laughs> do that dictatorship, yeah, but 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 I do that, not that it's comfortable to me, mm-hmm. but I feel it's necessary to me, right. Right, like, like I gotta keep that communication. Open. Yeah, yeah, I gotta because I can see them sometimes. Like, I, I can when I look at them, I can see them being uncomfortable. Right, 
you know, I can see them, you know, not knowing how to articulate themselves. So I have to create a safe environment for them to be able to do that. Right. But not only, but not only them, but even even with my wife, mm-hmm. you know, like even with her, like, man, you know, communication and all, man, I'm t- communication, all, <laughs> man, this relationships, period. Mm-hmm. People saying they want to be married and be in a relationship mm-hmm. and be moms and be dads, mm-hmm. man. Let me tell you something. You, bro. Let me tell you something. If you ain't willing to work on yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't come to some person hmm. with bullshit talking about you want to be a husband or hmm. a mama or a daddy exactly. or a father. You you are bullshitting. You're bullshitting right. yourself. You're bullshitting everybody. Because if you think that you're so freaking slick and smart that you can raise well a freaking family, <laughs> you know, with all the shit that you've been through, and all your nutted up family mm. behavior, your parents effed up behavior, and you think you will come in and raise a a perfect mm. family, nigga, you is insane. Negro, you, you you know what I'm saying? You are insane. <laughs> you know, and, and 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 I'm telling you, man. You know, I come from, I bro, I come from some like I know I come from the mud. I come from the dirt. <laughs> you know, I come from some some stuff. <laughs> so, you know, you know, for and 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 so here here's one side of the level. One side mm-hmm. of the level is, oh, academically, you know, you have achieved. Mm-hmm. You you have a, a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, a doctoral degree, or you're a doctor now. Boom, man. Let me tell you how many fucked up doctors there are. There. <laughs> a mm-hmm. lot of them. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. Well. A lot of them. And they and a lot of them are hiding behind their degrees. Hmm. But you know, I choose not to be that person. Right. You know, because I don't come from that. I come from I, I come from the streets. Right. So when it comes to my kids, I ain't, you know, I look, hey, look, okay. Did I hurt your feelings? Let's talk <laughs> about it. Where you where you at right now with what, what I just said? Okay, let's talk about it. Hmm. But but not only let's talk about it, but I allow my kids not only to talk to me, but talk to a therapist. Hmm. I'm I'm pro that. Because I realize, man, hell, you know, I was messed up myself. I'm you know, I'm right. still messed up. I'm still working on me. Right. So, you know, there's some things my kids feel like they can't talk to me about. I don't and, and I'm a mental health professional. <laughs> <laughs> I have a doctoral degree in, in counseling psychology. Mm-hmm. But there's some things they don't feel they, they can talk to me about. So you know what I said? You know what? And maybe you somebody that can. There you go. I'm gonna get you a therapist. Hmm. And that's what I keep um, trying to tell my daughter. She wants to do it now, but um, it's the procrastination and the um, ability to give up, which I guess she gets from me because I'm ready to give up my damn self. How do we bring this all back around? Somehow, we need to get back every week to this black power thinking and this post-traumatic slave syndrome scenario. How, when, if all of this fits into family celebrations, um, where do we fit as 
post-traumatic slave syndrome victims in the, all of this um, parenting as a, in terms of traditions assimilating to these traditions in America? Well, I, I, I think that um, what you just said is part of the biggest dysfunction that, that we are perpetuating. Hmm. Um, I think that what we have done um, historically is we repeated these patterns of getting to, getting together traditionally and and repeating these dysfunctional patterns of what we do traditionally. Wow. You know, nobody talks about the dysfunction. Everybody acts like we're this happy um, tradition of functional people, and you got all these. Um, child molesters, hmm. um, murders and killers, and we got all this all this shit that we know all in the family. Right. That we know who these people are. And we sit at the table and then we bring our kids to the table and we repeat this genocide of traditional dysfunction. And I think that and we're not we're dealing with that. that. It's okay. Yeah. And I think that that's I think that's that's problematic in and of itself because you know, we are helping to perpetuate this um, generation of dysfunction. Hmm. Now, what about families like your own that actually have uh, two functioning parents in the household that have um, achievements and black excellence as the um, backbone of their family structure how do we celebrate in that household? Can we be part of the um, mix without compromising culture and identity? Well, I don't think it's fair to be, to see it like that. I, yeah, I think y'all that, like the Huxtables. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think compared that's to your, your your former family, <laughs> yeah, but I, but but I think what's unfair is to look at it like that, right? Because mm-hmm. if you look at it honestly, the Huxtables were really dysfunctional, hmm. right? And and what I mean by that is if you look at um from the oldest daughter to the youngest daughter, they were all dysfunctional people, hmm. you know, and and those kids, no matter what their parents had. Those kids still had a lot of problems. They still had a lot of issues. And 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 I think that if you think that the answer is having functional parents, regardless of where they come from, thinking that they're going to produce functional kids, I think that in and of itself is a problem. Hmm. How so? Okay. So do we want to okay, so let's let's deal with before we get to become personal, let's deal with Huxables, right? Mm-hmm. So um, Great the first, example. So the, the the first daughter, right, didn't feel like she wanted to go to college, mm. so she kind of struggled. She married this dude. She had twins. She went to medical school. She dropped out. He dropped out. <laughs> they had these children, and then they couldn't take care of them. And then the parents had to come in, help them, you know, with the kids, right? Mm. They, you know, and then they eventually ended up going back to medical school, but they were indecisive. Mm-hmm. Then you had 
um, Denise, mm-hmm. who went to um, uh, a HBCU. Right. Wasn't a, wasn't a real HBCU, but she went to a HBCU. But she flunked out. Mm-hmm. What was the name of the HBCU at the time? Um, uh, uh, Hillman. That what... Hillman. She went to Hillman College. Hillman right. wasn't a real college, right. but she went to Hillman. And, and she that became out. a different world. Right. But she flunked out. Right. Right. So then you had Theo, hmm. who, who had a learning disability mm-hmm. and didn't want to go to college at all, hmm. who never did school, who never did well in school at all. Hmm. It was a constant battle with him and his parents hmm. about, you know, his academic progress because he never did well. Mm-hmm. Then you had Vanessa, mm-hmm. who, for the most part, did well in school, but socially had a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. She wanted to fit in. She didn't fit in. She had, you know, it was a whole lot of this and this, 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 this. Then you had the youngest child. Mm-hmm. The youngest child, but um, Rudy, Rudy, you know, who kind of was like, you know. She kind of kind of broke the stereotypes about dating because she had Bud, she had this <laughs> other little guy that she was dating. Mm-hmm. You know, it was all kind of like socially approved. You know, you could come to the house, you could, you know. So, so if you look at the whole thing, there was nothing functional about that. Mm-hmm. It was all dysfunction. In in fact, the the um, Huxtables were different parents to each child they they you could see the progress in their their um, parenting according to the age level of the children yeah yeah which is interesting in itself yeah yeah so so that's what i'm saying to you is like so i think you're going to your initial uh, your initial question about if you talk about um me or well, my situation and raising kids, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing functional or normal or normal, you know, because you know, I look at it like, damn, the challenges that you know, I have challenges that I didn't anticipate mm-hmm. that I didn't know, right? Like, like if you listen to my daughter, my son tonight, they talk about you know, not growing not growing up with a Christmas tree. <laughs> You are the Grinch. You know, it's like, damn. <laughs> you know, damn, how hard was that? <laughs> you know, yeah, I, you know, I, you know, I could beat them down and trivialize the experience. Like, <laughs> what? That was hard. You ain't got no damn tree. <laughs> you know, you got, you know, I mean, you, your brother, y'all got like a hundred pair, hundred, two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Y'all walk around with Jeezy's. Mm-hmm. You know, y'all walking around looking. You know, y'all, you ain't got this Christmas tree. You ain't got this lights, but y'all, but you know, yeah, you know, y'all pull up to school in a Range Rover. You know, y'all pull up to school, and you know, yeah, I'm just like, you ain't got this, but you got a freaking, you know, you live in a house with a movie room, hmm. you know, with a pool table. Hmm. You know, you, you, you know, you got rooms that ain't nobody even occupied. You know, and and you're complaining. I ain't got no, I ain't got no Christmas no tree. tree. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, 
you, you know what I'm saying? So it's 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 interesting, bro, because you know when you're raising these children, it's, it's different because you know now they like you know I and, and, and my biggest thing was is is to make you think to be a thinker. Hmm. And when you're choosing not to be a thinker, but to be like everybody else, I'm like, damn, what 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 did I do? What am I doing something wrong here? Hmm. We are at the 17 minute mark in DF Universe. We're down to our last three minutes. I'll tell you this, brother. The um the one thing that um I learned in the nation, well not in the the nation, the the five percent nation, they had the question that they always ask you in two words, you go? <laughs> Are you go? Mm-hmm. And the nation had the answer in that if you God get married, that's gonna prove how much of a God you really are. Have children, that's gonna prove how much of a God you really are. Mm-hmm. Challenge yourself to do what the super ego wants you to do. And let's see how many of you be successful. Well, I agree. I agree. And I and I can tell you, bro, you know, <laughs> you know, I have been married um probably like 17 years now. Mm. And I I I have been the biggest misfit, <laughs> the biggest whore, <laughs> the biggest cheater of women. I have been all of that shit. <laughs> Massage me. <clears throat> yeah, I, I I've been all of that shit. So you know, I, I what I do know about being married, raising kids, is child. that is, bro. That's the most unselfish thing you would ever ever hmm. do in your life. And 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 I can tell you this: if you give a shit about who you are, hmm. then you better not get fucked. You better not freaking get married, right? Because you it's a not, selfless act. Get, look, and you are gonna have to become friends with your super ego. Man, because bro, let me tell you, yeah, that damn id is gonna tell you you don't need to do that. Shit. Hey, bro, <laughs> bro, let me tell you, it, 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 who I am today <laughs> and who I was yesterday, like, and it's funny because you know, like you and I, uh, uh, you know, we have a personal friendship or whatever, right? So. There are people that will say to you things they wouldn't ever say to me, hmm. right? Like they might say, "Man, that nigga changed. That nigga different." Blah, 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 blah. You know, but here's the reality: is you think I worked this hard to be the same motherfucker? Right, right. <laughs> you know, I've Why? worked this hard Why not to I... be exactly. You I know? was listening to a podcast tonight, and they, um, these uh rappers and they're having a, a podcast and uh you know with all of the deaths going around all the rap beefs this new uh rap beef, rap beef genre where people are getting killed these rappers are getting killed just like with Tupac and Biggie but on a larger scale now and more frequent <clears throat> one of the things that that they are challenged with is how do I keep from becoming that nigga out in the street that was about it, knowing that these motherfuckers out here now is challenging my gangster? <laughs> like, how do I avoid that trap 
of I'll prove to you that I'm still gangster. And rather listening to that super ego and saying, you know what? You're not worth it. And I'll give well, you the last word on that. I, you know, I I think that's key. I think that's I think that's key. I think that's big. Um, and at the end of the day, I think d- depending on where you are in life um, has a lot to do with why you want to defend that position. Mm-hmm. So I say to any person. Um, if if you are where you, if you are at thirty where you were at seventeen, then I say that you haven't grown. Hmm. If if you are at fifty where you were at twenty or thirty, hmm. then I say then I say you have a a wasted twenty years. Hmm. So I'm I, so I say that um, in response to what you just said that if you are where you are wherever you are in life I don't care if you're 25 30 you know 50 mm-hmm. but if you are where you are based on where you were 15 20 years prior mm-hmm. then you are your worst enemy right Exactly. The the enemy on the outside is real. However, your worst enemy is right closer than your juggler man. Yeah, absolutely. You 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 you're your worst enemy at this point because you know if if you you know it's funny because and it's so easy to fall into that trap too. It, yeah, it's 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 like so let's let's say we watch the Tyson fight a little later tonight. Oh, we got to talk about that before we go there. So, to me, you know, uh, the, the Tyson fight is going to be almost comical or entertaining. Hmm. But you got two old men, right? Hmm. And 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 he and let me tell you, I was a player for a long time. <laughs> in, in 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 my head, <laughs> in, in my head, I was a player for a long time. <laughs> but 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 in my youth, being a player. I used to look at the old dudes in the club and be like, I don't ever want to be that motherfucker. Hmm. Like I would look at that old that old nigga. <laughs> and nigga to rap, give it up. Uh, right, right, right. <laughs> but then when I got in my 40s, I was like, damn, I'm, I'm looking like that nigga. I'm, I'm, he, I'm, I'm becoming that motherfucker. I, that, that, I, I used to laugh at him. Right. So I was like, oh shit, you know. You know, lucky for me, I, 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 I you know, my situation changed, so I, I didn't have to be that. You hit that wall. But, but, yeah, but, but I know dudes that are like that. I know dudes that, you know, 50, 60 that, that, and yeah, that, 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 that were laughing. Be gangster. Yeah, that, that were laughing twenty years earlier at that dude. Hmm. Now they, now they have become that dude. Hmm. I'm like, bruh. You know, I don't want to be that up. dude. Get up. Yeah, yeah give it up, bro. Yeah. yeah, yeah Predictions it's, it's on who will win the fight, brother. Okay. And I must go. Okay. And then hopefully, because I think I'm going to go over to a friend's house tomorrow night <laughs> and watch the fight. So hopefully we can get on 
at the latter part of the night. Um, my prediction: I am going to go with Tyson mm-hmm. in the first five to six. Wow! I I I I think Tyson I think Tyson can get him out of there within the first two to three. If it goes past six, then I start to favor Roy. Hmm. I don't think that Roy. I'm I'm gonna go with the underdog Roy, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because are you a Browns Brownsville guy? Because you right next to Brownsville, right? right? You and you you, fact, you 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 grew right up in in um Bed Stuy moved to Brownsville. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You because you right there. You go if if you go under that bridge, mm-hmm. you right over to Brownsville. Mm-hmm. So so I I can. You know, we I I was right there with you, you know, in right. Best Eye. But but if you if you go into Brooklyn Station, <laughs> you, you you know people that don't know this area that don't know the area, they don't understand it. Right. But I but I know the neck of the woods. It's almost like DC they, like they in DC you know, Northwest. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like DC. Like if you know DC, you know Northwest, Southwest. Right. You know, you, you know, you know how connected these right. neighborhoods are. Mm-hmm. So I know living where you live mm-hmm. and, and was growing up, you know, in terms of Brooklyn, mm-hmm. Brook, best eye. But if you cross up under that bridge, <laughs> you know, that's Brownsville. That's right. All right. So, yeah, so I get it. Okay. I mean, I, okay. So, it's just a train but, stop away. Train stop away, or you can, you can you walk, walk over there, bro. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, you can walk because I remember I used to go visit the um, damn, what was that temple? Um, that Muslim temple that was over there. Oh, um, Master Takwa. Yeah. Or yeah. Um, Fulton and um, Bedford. No, 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 no. You know what? Nope, not that one. Um, was, was uh, there was there was no temple. Um, on the Bush Bushwick side, you go up under you go up under the bridge, <laughs> on the Brownsville side, and and they had a they had like the, a whole isolated community over you there. You talking about the um, Doctor York group? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and that guy is in, in prison now for child molestation. Oh really? Yeah, you didn't know that. Doctor York, I forgot Bruh, the name of his um sect. Yeah, um, it started with um, an A. Well, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm gonna tell you um the name of that community. Um, oh man, I used to walk over there because I used to make a lot with them. Wow, um, and in that Brownsville community. Um, right, right now I can't even remember. Um, I'll find him. You keep your story going. I'm looking them up as we speak. Yeah, he they they he was in that Brownsville community, bro. Um, and they used to praise him because they used to talk about how he used to elevate right. himself off the ground through nah, through play. American criminal. Uh-huh. I didn't, bro. I was I was not aware of that at all. You didn't know that. Wow. No, because like, because they had they they had a whole little small community over there, and I used to go over there and make a lot with them. Right. Um, and that was in the Brownville Brownsville community. Now they call the United Nation 
of Nuwabian Moors. Oh, really? Yeah, they didn't change their name up and everything. But um. Okay, but what were they before that? I'm looking up the name now. You can go ahead with um, finishing your story while I find that name. I forgot the name of it, but those motherfuckers. He wrote this whole book on Menace they, to Farrakhan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, and they, then they he were retracted like, the book. Yeah, but but they were they they were like they, oh that's um, what it's we called Saif the Ansar, of, uh, Ansar Allah community the Ansar, there you go the Ansar community. and that was there in you go. Brownsville under uh, there you under go that track is called Bushwick to go on, really yeah. I thought I thought that was Brownsville no, that that's um Bushwick but I know the exactly Ansar community what you're absolutely about. the Ansar community I used to go there and make fun yeah. with them yeah they were Muslim then yeah now they yeah. now they moved. They moved upstate first when his first allegations came out, and he he got away with those when the, and moved upstate, moved the whole all of them properties he had in Bushwick abandoned, and and they moved upstate, sort of like hmm. a Jim Jones story almost. And then um, after moving upstate, they went bankrupt up there, and they changed the name and all of this other stuff. He's a chameleon. And moved to Georgia. In mm. Georgia, Atlanta, somewhere in, in the suburbs of Atlanta, um, he he started these building these pyramids on the the land that they acquired. And uh, when they figured out it's the same nigga from Butchwick, the same nigga from upstate New York, is now down here peddling this bullshit. And that's where he got caught with the newest allegations of. Uh, Child molestation. He was fucking all of the the women in the. You couldn't marry a woman in the in the community without him testing her out first. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I, <laughs> I know don't mean to burst your bubble. Well, not so like, much like you, burst my bubble in the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can believe it, bro. I mean, but but at the time I was so, you know, Islam right. was, you know, I you know I was, yeah, yeah, because but let me tell you this, even though even with that, like, like to me Islam was like, you know, I, I was in love with Islam, right. so I don't care whether you was calling yourself whatever, right. but I remember going to a mosque. On, oh man, um, I can't remember what, where, where it was, mm-hmm. but I remember going to a mosque and making salat. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you make a lot, um, in Orthodox Islam, you talk feet to feet, you know, you, you know, all that stuff. But I remember being making a lot, and I can remember, um, brothers not even wanting to do that or not mm-hmm. doing that. You know, creating distance, yep. even though they were supposed to, even though when you make it a lot, that that was supposed to happen, but it wasn't yep. happening. You know, and so I could, so I just, in my head, as a lady said, Islam, like I had all these different experiences that, you know, when I hear people talk about, oh, I study Islam, I'd be like, <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm like, nigga, really? really? Nigga? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, 
what, what part? You know, what, 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 you, you know how so I, you know, I, you know, I, I know it's, there's no compulsion in Islam, and I know we're not supposed to challenge one another. But I'd be like, when somebody say, "Oh yeah, I studied, I studied that religion," I'd be like, Nigga, which, "What?" Which is I, what Malcolm was saying about we need to internalize that and not let that be our force to the outer outside world. He yeah. said that um, his religion was Islam, but that's that's his internal struggle. His outward struggle is black liberation. But 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 so so let's add, so, but what we're taught in Islam is Islam is a manifest is 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 a manifestation of what's inside, outwardly. Hmm. Right, so it's 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 not what you wear, or what you look like on the outside, but it's what you manifest on the inside. And we'll have to leave the discussion right there. It's at the five thirty mark, brother. We are at the thirty three minute mark in this uh, bonus round, and um, a lot of questions unanswered, but some real answers in terms of. Uh, uh, parenting, parent, parenting, and um, how to move forward in black power. Thank Hell you, God. Let's build peace. peace. God. I'll speak to you tomorrow, inshallah. Inshallah. Peace.